RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. The headlines. The chief executive defends the government's plan to sponsor companies to employ Hong Kong graduates in the Greater Bay Area. Carrie Lam says she wants to resume her question and answer sessions in LegCo. Now there's unlikely to be any disruption from the pan-Democrats. And the hospital authority says six people who tested positive for the coronavirus were wrongly informed they were negative. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, has brushed aside concern that encouraging young people to work in the Greater Bay Area will lead to a brain drain. She was commenting on a radio show a day after unveiling her fourth policy address. Jimmy Choi reports. In her address, Mrs. Lam said the government would give companies up to $18,000 a month for every local graduate they recruit to work in the Greater Bay Area. But the caller to a radio show asked the CE why she was sending a most valuable asset to the mainland instead of encouraging young people to stay and help make Hong Kong better. Mrs. Lam disagreed that she was sending away young people, saying the scheme would give them more opportunities and they would be free to return to Hong Kong or go elsewhere. She said Hong Kong's innovation and technology sector was still developing, but many tech firms across the border needed talent. The CE also said people had stigmatized the Greater Bay Area, believing that the more she talked about it, the more this would sideline Hong Kong. She said this wasn't beneficial for the city. Carrie Lam wants to resume her monthly question and answer sessions in LegCo, saying the last one she attended was in January. She had quit the sessions, complaining about disruptions from pan-Democrat lawmakers. Now that most of the opposition has been disqualified or has resigned, Mrs Lam says she wants to work on her relationship with the legislature. Mrs Lam was in the chamber answering questions about her latest policy address. She spoke through an interpreter. I want to consolidate uh, the executive legislature relationship. So with the agreement of the president, I propose that uh, I will resume the monthly question time, which lasts half an hour in the remainder of this term of the legislative council. And also, um, if uh, there is a need for further response or follow up, uh, up on members' questions and my response, I undertake to give a response within 30 days. The chief executive has dismissed a suggestion to let people in economic trouble tap into their pension. At the question and answer session, pro-Beijing lawmaker Paul Sayre said many people faced financial difficulty due to the pandemic and asked if the government would allow them access to their mandatory provident funds. But speaking through an interpreter, Mrs Lam said the MPF was an important pillar in retirement protection and that must not change. If we take down this pillar at this point, there would be far-reaching implications and we'll see where we could offer other timely assistance. Uh, for example, yesterday uh, we mentioned that uh, if people have uh, commercial units or non-domestic units, uh, we are now abolishing the doubled at valorum duty. The chairwoman of the New People's Party, Regina Yip, says yesterday's policy speech contained little to address Hong Kong's immediate problems relating to the pandemic and disaffected youth. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, herself admitted Hong Kong's problems weren't fully resolved, with the current lull in social unrest possibly a byproduct of the coronavirus and social distancing measures. Mrs Ip told RTHK she thought the government hadn't had the time to work out how to win back the hearts and minds of young people. There's no immediate relief for those devastated by COVID other than the anti-epidemic funds already approved. For young people, there is very little just going back to the voluntary self-recommendation scheme for joining government boards and committees 
and subsidies for work in the Greater Bay Area. So for large numbers of young people who have suffered the cleavage in last year's conflict and whose learning opportunities and job opportunities have been severely damaged by last year's riots and this year's epidemic, not much is said to help them. A tourism professor says he's encouraged by plans announced in the policy address to revitalise the southern district. It includes the jumbo floating restaurant in Aberdeen being donated to Ocean Park to be run as a heritage and tourism attraction. The restaurant closed in March amid the pandemic. Professor Brian King from Polytechnic University's School of Tourism praised the vision of connecting landmarks in Southside but said it would be a challenge. They're not talking about, you know, big physical developments for tourists. I think it's more community assets. And I think that the local residents in Aberdeen need to embrace what's being proposed. And I think there's enough in there for locals to see this can improve quality of life. It can connect up with Lama Island, with the waterfront, with the nice visual backdrops and have good recreational cultural facilities. So I think that language of tourism, which takes us away from coach tour groups and more towards how Hong Kongers have embraced staycations, that's exactly the reset we should be doing now. The hospital authority says six people who tested positive for the coronavirus were wrongly informed they were negative. When the contractor doing the testing notified the authority yesterday, the six patients were later found already admitted to hospitals in isolation wards. A hospital authority spokesman said none had stayed in the community. The test vendor said incorrect identity information was found during the SMS message handling process, resulting in the patients receiving other people's results. The case has been reported to the Privacy Commissioner. The Health Secretary Sophia Chan said from Saturday onwards, doctors will be given the power to order patients demonstrating COVID-19 symptoms to undergo mandatory tests. Speaking to reporters at LegCo, Professor Chan urged people to abide by their doctor's instructions, saying getting tested early is crucial to stopping silent transmissions within the community. Professor Chan added that over the next few days, five more testing centres at the Lai King, Tun Mun, Fan Ling, Hang Hao and Yao Tong community halls will begin operation. Specimen bottles will also be distributed at the Territory's 121 post offices from Saturday. Figures collated by Johns Hopkins University in the United States confirm a total of more than 60 million cases of coronavirus have been detected around the world. The number is believed to represent only a small fraction of the true number of infections worldwide. South Korea has reported more than 500 new coronavirus cases, the highest since March, as the country grapples with a third wave of infections. The government reimposed tough social distancing rules on the capital Seoul and surrounding regions this week. The Yonhap News Agency says South Korea's military has imposed restrictions, including a 10-day ban on soldiers taking leave. More than 50 new cases were reported from a military training facility this week. A British government minister has resigned after the Chancellor of the Exchequer, Rishi Sunak, announced a cut in overseas aid. Baroness Sugg, a junior minister in the Foreign Office, called the decision to cut the aid by 0.2% of GDP fundamentally wrong. Mr Sunak said the reduction was temporary, justifying it on grounds of the economic emergency caused by the coronavirus. Addressing Parliament, Mr Sunak said the pandemic had triggered the largest fall in Britain's economic output for 300 years. Our economic output is not expected to return to pre-crisis levels until the fourth quarter of 2022. Long-term scarring means in 2025, 
the economy will be around 3% smaller than expected. A South Korean man who blackmailed young women and girls into sharing sexual videos has been sentenced to 40 years in prison. Cho Ju-bin ran a network that threatened and exploited more than 70 people. This report from the BBC's Laura Bicker in Seoul. Cho Ju-bin has been found guilty of running a criminal syndicate which blackmailed young women into providing sexual images. They were then sold in secretive chat rooms on the app Telegram. Up to 10,000 people are thought to have viewed the videos, paying around $1,000 for access. The 25-year-old college graduate is also accused of ordering one of his conspirators to rape an underage girl. The 40-year punishment still falls short of the life sentence sought by prosecutors. Five other defendants have received sentences ranging from 7 to 15 years. President Trump has granted a full pardon to his former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn. General Flynn served three weeks in office at the start of the Trump administration before pleading guilty to lying to the FBI during the investigation into Russian election interference. Here's the BBC's Nomia Iqbal. Michael Flynn's legal troubles began during the 2016 presidential transition. He had conversations with the then-Russian ambassador about sanctions and then lied about those contacts in interviews with the FBI. He later admitted what he'd done as part of a plea deal with the special counsel Robert Mueller, who investigated claims of Russian influence on Mr Trump's election victory. Earlier this year, after delays in his sentencing, Flynn and his new legal team had been trying to withdraw his guilty plea. A severe storm has made landfall in southern India, triggering torrential downpours in coastal areas of Tamil Nadu. Cyclone Nevar hit land with winds of up to 120 kilometres per hour, and the intensity is likely to increase. Tens of thousands of people from low-lying areas have already been evacuated. Dozens of flights have been cancelled. A British-Australian academic, Kylie Moore Gilbert, has expressed relief and thanks at her release from two years' detention in Iran for espionage. She always denied wrongdoing and was freed in exchange for three unnamed Iranians imprisoned abroad. Here's the BBC's Sebastian Usher. Images have been shown on Iranian television of Kylie Moore Gilbert in a hijab and wearing a face mask in what appears to be footage taken after her release. The academic who specialises in Middle East politics at the University of Melbourne was detained in September 2018. She was subsequently accused of being a spy and sentenced to 10 years in prison. Australia has campaigned strongly for her release. Iranian state media says that this has been achieved via a prisoner swap with three Iranians held abroad on what a website linked to state television described as baseless charges. Scientists say living in space causes changes in cells down to the genetic level. They analysed nematode worms that were sent to the International Space Station and found subtle changes in almost a thousand genes. The researchers say the findings could help explain the negative effects spaceflight has on humans. To finance news, a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 26,688. That's 10 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $60 billion. To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 104.3 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 19 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 37 cents. And now with the sports news, here's Atom Chung. The world of sports has been reacting to the news that Diego Maradona, one of the greatest footballers of all time, has died at age 60.
The former Argentina midfielder suffered a heart attack in his home in Buenos Aires on Wednesday. Brazilian legend Pele led global tributes to Maradona, saying one day they would play football together in the sky. The current Argentina captain Lionel Messi posted a picture of him with Maradona on social media, saying he leaves us, but he does not go because he is eternal. Some of Maradona's greatest years as a player came at Napoli, whom he helped turn into a major force in Italian football. He led Argentina to the World Cup title in 1986, captained them to the final in 1990, and was sent home from the 1994 tournament after failing a drug test. The two goals he scored against England in the '86 World Cup will always be remembered. The infamous hand of God was followed by another of pure magic when he beat most of the England team before finding the back of the net. Peter Reid was on the pitch for England. He moved with the ball, and it wasn't a great pitch, but he moved on with the ball, and, and it was just his left foot. I mean, if he had one weakness, it, it was his—he he had no right foot, but. With with the the gem of a left foot he had, he didn't need one, and his balance and his strength, he he just went through as like I mean, it was just one of them things you can't stop. I mean, people still, are, I mean, could you imagine how many times I get asked that question? Mm. You know, why didn't you why didn't you bring him down? Why, I mean, rest assured, if I could have got there. And I wake up, I wake up at night in a cold sweat, still thinking about it. I still can't get there. The former Premier League midfielder Julio Arca says Maradona has made a huge impact on him and all Argentinian footballers. People on TV saying it's like losing a, a family member because <laughs> uh, you know people. Some people never met him, but you feel so attached uh, to to a player like that because he done so much for our country. That uh, obviously, yeah, is is very sad news for for the war, but obviously especially for Argentinian people. In the European Champions League, Manchester City beat Olympiacos 1-0 to secure their place in the last 16 with two games to spare. Phil Foden scored for City. Bayern Munich are also through after beating RB Salzburg 3-1. Inter Milan's hopes of progressing are all but over. They lost 2-0 to Real Madrid at the San Siro. The big surprise of the night was at Anfield, where Liverpool were beaten 2-0 by Atalanta. The English champions remain top of their group with nine points. Ajax and Atalanta are now both on seven. Liverpool hosts Ajax next week. And as you look at sports, thanks, Adam. To end the news, the top stories once again. The chief executive defends the government's plan to sponsor companies to employ Hong Kong graduates in the Greater Bay Area. Carrie Lam says she wants to resume her question and answer sessions in Ledgecombe. Now they're unlikely to be disrupted by the pan-democrats. And the hospital authority says six people who tested positive for the coronavirus were wrongly informed they were negative. And that is the news from RTHK.
Good afternoon and welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Thursday afternoon. Thursday, the 26th of November is today's date. Happy Thanksgiving to you all and many thanks to Phil Whelan for the morning brew today. On today's program, we're having a very busy program. First of all, we'll be talking about diabetic eye diseases with Dr. Martin Brelin, who's an associate professor at the Department of Ophthalmology and Visual Sciences at the Chinese University of Hong Kong. And we hope to bring you that interview on the Facebook page, Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3. And after the two o'clock news, we'll be chatting with Sadia Osmani for our regular Thursday chinwag. And today we're going to be talking about staying sane during your hotel quarantine period of 14 days. And finally, after 2.30, it's Art Singer Round Time with Andrew Dambina. And this week, Andrew speaks to Adiana Chan, who is the co-curator of Detour 2020 Design Festival and one of its exhibitors, Charles Lai.